We can all assume that South Carolina's football team got better as a whole over the past month and a half, but there were a few particular players that were big winners in spring practice. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Spring practice is officially over for South Carolina. Obviously, it's now been over for almost a week now as South Carolina's annual Garden and Black Spring game took place this past Saturday. So now we're going to be entering a bit of a quiet period as the football players get a little bit of time to sort of rest and recuperate from all the physical practices they had. And then they'll get ready for their summer strength and conditioning program with Luke Day and his staff. And then before we know it, August fall camp will arrive. So on today's show, I want to take a look back at spring practice and more specifically point out who, in my opinion, are the three biggest winners from the football team. So let's start out with potentially the biggest winner. And I think that in this case, the biggest winner is Spencer Rattler. And the main reason why I believe Spencer Rattler is the biggest winner of the spring is the fact that I truly believe that Dow Loggins is the perfect coordinator for Spencer Rattler because he is going to allow Spencer Rattler to be himself at quarterback. Spencer Rattler now has a year of experience in a pro-style-ish offense. He now has a year of experience playing with the players on South Carolina's roster, having to get the timing down with these guys, having to get to know everybody, establishing himself in more of a leadership role. All of those things are now intersecting with him learning under a coach who is democratic in the process, is willing to compromise, and is going to base his offense off of the player's strengths, and especially his starting quarterback not solely on his own interests with what he likes to run offensively. I think that for that reason, Spencer Rattler is by far the guy that is leaving spring practice as the biggest winner from South Carolina's football team. Reports have backed this up. Matt Zenitz of On3Sports said that the biggest buzz from South Carolina's football camp in spring practice was just how well things were going between Spencer Rattler and Dow Loggins. Yes, the spring game might have left a little bit to be desired in terms of, again, the timing with some of his wide receivers, him missing on a couple of deep shot plays. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's too much concern that we should have coming out of the spring game. I think that this is sort of a case where you got to look at the whole body of work and what the word was coming out of South Carolina's end throughout all spring practice. And the word is that things are going great between South Carolina's new offensive play caller and returning starting quarterback Spencer Rattler. 
Now, the second winner coming out of spring practice, in my opinion, is on Joyner. The reason why I have Joyner listed here is it looks like that on has finally found his position in this offense. I'm not saying that he can't play quarterback when I make that statement. My whole point is I feel like that on Joyner's skill set his natural God-given athleticism and what's required at the running back position are a perfect marriage. I think we saw that in the spring game. In my opinion, Takarion Joyner was the most impressive out of the running back group in the spring game because this is a guy that understands how to cut upfield. He understands how to sort of read a play unfolding in front of him, what holes he needs to hit. He has the patience. He's got the footwork. He's got just about everything you want. He runs behind his pads. He's got a pretty solid frame to play the running back position. And I think that in the spring game, Takarion Joyner not only displayed that he can handle having snaps at running back, but made the case for him to get more snaps at the position in fall camp heading into the 2023 season. I'm not saying by any means that DeCarion Joyner is going to be the starter at running back. I'm not willing to step out that far on the limb here. But I think that DeCarion Joyner, for a guy that has been through so much in terms of going from being a quarterback to being a wide receiver, then going from being a wide receiver to being a running back, there's so many guys that if put in his shoes, would have already pretty much left the program. Would have probably said that I'm done with football. It's been good to me for a very long time, but I'm ready to move on to the next stage of my life. And instead, to carry on Joyner has now come back. And if things go well this fall for him, he could turn to one of the biggest feel-good stories in all of college football in 2023. The last winner, in my opinion, from spring practice for South Carolina is edge rusher Brian Thomas Jr. Now, I mentioned Brian Thomas Jr. as a guy that stood out to me in the spring game. And I think that for everyone that watched the spring game in its totality, Brian Thomas Jr. probably jumped out to all of you as well. He is playing at a position in the edge spot that clearly has a lot of question marks right now in terms of depth. And when it has come to this position... Since, honestly, his arrival on campus, Brian Thomas Jr., in all fairness, has sort of been a forgotten man in this group. Because, you think about it, this past season, the Gamecocks had guys like Jordan Strachan at this spot. Then they had Gilbert Edmond right behind him. They had Jordan Birch on the other end. And... Even with Birch and Gilbert Edmond walking out the door, you go into spring practice for this year. We've got guys like Jordan Stride we're talking about. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Desmond Zulu and what he could do. There's talk about maybe Elijah Davis sliding out to that spot. Talk of Hemingway. And I'm a part of that group, admittedly. I'm somebody that has said before that if Brian Thomas Jr. is ever going to see a significant role in South Carolina, he's got to prove that he could do more than rush the passer. And I know that he did this partly against a true freshman, Marquis Anderson, this past Saturday. But I got to say, with what he did in the spring game, Brian Thomas Jr. showed to everybody who watched the game that he is somebody that can be relied on. 
And I think that based on his performance, he deserves more opportunities at that position come fall camp. And again, with South Carolina's current situation right now, um, I think anybody, honestly, that proves in that kind of setting that they can step up and be one of those guys at that position, they're going to get that chance. So Brian Thomas Jr., one of the three big winners from South Carolina's football team in spring ball. Now, in just a couple moments, I'm going to switch gears to South Carolina's baseball team and sort of recap what happened on Thursday night and what wound up being a big game one victory over the Florida Gators. We'll talk about all of that right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, if you did not catch the full show, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast on Thursday, first of all, don't worry. I'm only slightly upset about that. But in all seriousness, Built Bar has got something coming out on April the 22nd, which is tomorrow. I do not have all the details in front of me, but I can promise y'all the excitement is real. You are not going to want to miss this. If you know how Built Bar works, then you already know they are the best protein bar out there. They've got a ton of amazing flavors like churro, mint chocolate, banana cream pie, anything you could possibly imagine. Built Bar has got it. So, Mark your calendars again for April 22nd, that is tomorrow, and head to Built.com and be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor could be from Built, and again, knowing all the other flavors that they already have, it's probably going to be a home run for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Lockdown's NFL Mock Draft Special is here, and it is bigger than ever before. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Lockdown can deliver. All episodes are available now on Lockdown NFL Drafts on YouTube or wherever you listen to your audio podcast. Let's dive into Game 1 of South Carolina series against the Florida Gators on the baseball diamond. My main take from Game 1 is this. A vintage Will Sanders performance plus a scrappy batting approach from the Gamecocks led to a victory in a war of attrition over the Florida Gators. To start off with this recap, I want to dive into the performance of starting pitcher Will Sanders, who obviously has had a lot of ups and downs this year, and unfortunately for Will, at times, it's been more downs than ups. There's been some questions in terms of sort of where his head has been at, if he can get back to being the Will Sanders that really showed himself in sort of that first half of the 2022 season, and obviously burst onto the scene as a freshman back in 2021. Well, on Thursday night, South Carolina baseball fans saw the old Will Sanders come back as he showed a lot of promise in fighting through adversity. The first inning against the Gators batting lineup was not a great one for Will Sanders as he walked two Florida batters, allowed one hit, gave up one earned run, and did get two strikeouts in the process. Will Sanders would not take too long after that first inning 
to settle into the game as he allowed just two hits over the next five innings while walking one batter, giving up one earned run, and striking out eight Gators. A big reason why Will Sanders was so locked in after that first inning was the breaking stuff in his pitching arsenal, which was phenomenal for the majority of the night. It allowed Will Sanders to both get ahead in the count and also put guys away as evidenced by the 10 total strikeouts that he recorded in six innings on Thursday night. By the way, out of those 10 strikeouts, three of them came against Stargator batter Jack Caglianon. So, Will Sanders went up against the best that Florida had to offer, and he won the battle in its entirety on Thursday night. And here's the other thing. I mentioned just a moment ago that Will pitched six innings in this game, which nowadays seems like seven or eight innings in a baseball game that would have taken place 20 years ago. But the important thing about that is he has saved the bullpen for the entire rest of the series. James Hicks did have to come out in the seventh inning after Will ran into a little bit of trouble in the sixth. And again, he was around 89, 90 pitches at that point. But James Hicks got all three outs, I believe, in just 11 pitches. So he's going to be available now for the rest of the series. And in comparison, Florida had four pitchers throw a significant amount on the mound on Thursday night. And that included two of their top three bullpen arms based on the stats that they have shown to this point in the season. So Will Sanders came up huge for South Carolina in more ways than one. In just a couple moments, we'll dive into what the batting lineup did and what my big concern is still coming out of this first game. All of that coming your way right after these messages. All right, let's continue now our conversation regarding South Carolina's Game 1 victory over the Florida Gators last night. Discussing the batting lineup, these guys got the job done with really tough circumstances that they had to endure. Third baseman Tomach Lee Croy was out on Thursday night, and according to Mark Kingston, after the game, he is not expected to play throughout this entire series. He's dealing with a hamstring issue that I believe matriculated on Tuesday night in the Gamecocks midweek game against Charleston Southern. Obviously, always tough when you lose your third baseman, a guy that's been a perennial starter there for the entire season, and to make matters worse, in the middle of the game on Thursday night, Gavin Casas got hurt in the second inning after a wild error from Braylon Wimmer forced him to have to come off the bag, and he took a pretty good lick from Florida Gator batter Wyatt Langford, who was, of course, trying to get the first. Obviously, was not trying to hurt Gavin Casas in any way, shape, or form. But after that play occurred, it was pretty clear Gavin Casas was not 100%. He somehow managed to play the rest of the game. Don't know exactly how long he could be out, if he's going to be able to play in Game 2. We'll have to await updates from Sacramento's baseball team as the rest of the day progresses. Also, Braylon Wimmer and Dylan Brewer both had tough nights at the plate. So, a bunch of other guys in this lineup had to step up or carry the load. In terms of South Carolina's heart of the lineup, Ethan Petrie and Cole Messina both showed up in a big way on Thursday night. They both had five hits total, five RBIs, and recorded two extra base hits collectively with Ethan Petrie launching a solo home run in the first inning. One of the biggest stories on the night this past evening 
was Michael Braswell and his performance at the plate. Because Michael Braswell, again, obviously has dealt with a lot himself throughout this season. Obviously was a big-time story for this team this past year in light of all the struggles that the program was enduring in 2022. And then he comes into this year, the Gamecocks bring in a whole slew of transfers, guys that are really solid players in their own right. And combine that with some apparent regression in terms of his batting approach, Braswell found himself on the bench to start the season. He did not leave the program. He has stuck it out. And it seems like that Michael Braswell is beginning to find his stride. He hit three doubles on Thursday night. Don't know what his career high is in terms of extra base hits in one game, but I have to believe that he set his new mark on Thursday night. He also happened to draw a walk as well, so I believe that that means Michael Braswell reached on all four plate appearances. So, big time stuff from the sophomore infielder. Some other players stepped up in this lineup as well, including guys like Evan Stone and Will Tippett, the eight and nine hole hitters for South Carolina last night. And of course, Gavin Casas, who again, obviously after he got hurt, was probably not expected by most people to carry a massive load for this team. But all three of these guys still stepped up in a big way by reaching base five times collectively as a group. So again, they did not score 13 runs by necessarily hitting a bunch of home runs all over the yard. But obviously, when it comes to the sport of baseball, I don't think really anyone cares how you score 13 runs. You score 13 runs, that's a good night offensively. So, credit to the Gamecocks batting lineup and the plethora of guys who made big-time plays at vital moments in Game 1 against the Florida Gators. Also, Another group of people that made an impact on this game was South Carolina's fans themselves, the ones who were there in person in Founders Park. Because in the sixth inning, when the Gators went to their bullpen and they issued five straight walks to South Carolina, which allowed the Gamecocks to sort of blow the game wide open at that point, Founders Park was lively in that stretch. The fans really getting into it, especially on some of those 3-1 and 3-2 counts, standing up on their feet, cheering on the Gamecocks, while also trying to make the environment a little bit more raucous for Florida's pitchers. And it's pretty clear that it had an impact on the Gators especially. So, Gamecock fans, especially those of you who were there last night, kudos to you reminding everybody who was watching the game at home and on television why Founders Park is by far one of the best environments in all of college baseball. Now, I will say, for all the positives coming out of Thursday night, I still have one concern, and that concern is the fielding, because South Carolina is going through a stretch right now where every single night or every game, it seems like someone else is having struggles in the field. For Thursday night, it was Braylon Wimmer. Braylon Wimmer had two errors. They both occurred in the second inning. The first one was a grounder that might have taken a really tough bounce, and maybe that was why he did not field it. But it was with two outs, and in my opinion, Braylon Wimmer probably should have gotten it. He's a senior. He's a guy that's been back there, and he's made so many routine plays at this point that the first error I felt like should not have happened. And then the second one, he got a ground ball. He fielded it cleanly, but Braylon Wimmer rushed his throw a little bit. And again, that led to him throwing the ball wide of the first base bag. And so Gavin Costas, 
took his foot off the bag in order to get the ball, make sure it didn't go out of the field of play, which would have allowed the guy to go to second base automatically, and it led to Gavin Costas basically getting hurt. And obviously, we all know that Braylon Wimmer probably felt really bad for how that play went down. The point overall with bringing all that up, though, is this. Michael Braswell had some issues early on in the middle of last week and then going into the Vanderbilt series. Then Talach Lecroy had some problems throughout the second and third game of the Vanderbilt series. And now Braylon Wimmer, seemingly, is having some issues starting off the Florida series. It is not good to see all these infielders having this many struggles in the field. South Carolina's got to clean this up. They've got to get better with that. All these guys have played a lot of games in the infield. Not necessarily at their current positions, but they played a lot of games in general together. This is not something that should be this big of an issue this late into the regular season. Obviously, for Bellin Wimmer, it could just been a really tough night where... It just did not go his way, and he will correct that for the rest of the series. So I'm not trying to use this as a way to dog on him for what all happened in Game 1. My whole point with bringing this up is, this is the kind of stuff that will come back to haunt you in the postseason. If South Carolina wants to make it back to Omaha, wants to challenge and maybe even win a national title, and get back to the glory days of old, they have got to clean this up. There's no question about that. So with that being said, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, who do you think the three biggest winners were for South Carolina's football program coming out of spring practice? And what were your thoughts on game one against the Florida Gators on the baseball diamond on Thursday night? Let me know your thoughts on both of those topics down below in the comment section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or, if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. I'll try to respond to you as quickly as I see your message. And you can also post something to the Locked On Gamecocks page on Facebook. Thank you so much, especially to all of you everydayers who continuously tune in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, whether it is on YouTube or on an audio podcast app. A quick reminder that later on today, I will release my weekly show with Lockdown's Recruiting Insider, John Garcia Jr., where we discuss the latest on South Carolina's football recruiting front. And I can promise y'all, you're not going to want to miss out on that, so be sure to stay tuned for that show later on today. Again, thank y'all so much for tuning into our regular daily show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast.